Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Today we have Lee Simon and Jenna Jacobson from S2. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So can you tell us about S2? What is S2 and what do you all do? Uh, so S2 Development is a real estate development company. Um, primary focus is condominiums. We do small condominium buildings in the three to ten unit range generally, uh, two to four projects a year. And uh, we're taking the process the whole way. So we're buying you know, underdeveloped land or maybe an existing building. We're doing design. We're doing permitting. We're doing construction all the way to the final sale to the uh, end user. Okay, and how many people do you all have at S2 and what do you all do? So there's three of us in the office. There's myself, I'm the development manager, and then the two principals who are Lee and Phil Simon, brothers. And then what's fun about the business is we get to work with a lot of different people. So we have so many different subcontractors from our actual general contractor to the architects to designers and lawyers and accountants and all different types of people who we get to work with each day. Up until the real estate agent as well. And then the real estate agent as well, and they're always fun to work with. That's great. How long has S2 been around? Yeah, so we started in 2009, uh, started doing single-family townhouses and kind of grew into the condominium market. And then kind of what Jenna was saying is it takes time to to work with different people and build a good team around you. And once you have that good team of subcontractors and you know, engineers, architects, agents, you know, you really have a, a process that works smoothly. So can you tell our listeners what a developer actually does, maybe from briefly from start to finish? Yeah, so it's, it's broad. So you can call yourself a developer and do commercial work. You know, you can call yourself a developer and do residential, condos, you know, apartments. So, I mean, I think it's a big umbrella. Um, but, you know, our so, focus is really that condominium, that condominium market. So finding a plot of land or finding some distressed buildings and mm-hmm. purchasing. Yeah, so we've done buildings that have been burned out by fires. We're converting an old coal yard in northeast right now to condos. So really anything that's, you know, empty, abandoned, vacant, underused, you know, it's really right up our alley. It's very creative process, so you you look for land, you look for something, a building that's not being utilized in the way you think is most productive, and you kind of have to have a vision of what could this be, what's the potential, what makes sense for the neighborhood, and pull that together and start the process from the beginning and see it all the way through to the end when it's this final beautiful product that even amazes us. That's that's like art. Thing. Sounds like it's art. like having an artist's vision. Mm-hmm. If if I can ask real quick, you're, you you piqued my curiosity when you mentioned the the coal yard. Where is there a coal yard in Northeast DC that that you're that you're working on? Where? Yeah, so I mean, you just wouldn't think it should be there. It's on the it's on H and Fourteenth Northeast. I mean, it, it's right on the H Street corridor. You know, everything around it's vibrant, and there's a rundown little shack in the middle of a lot. You know, right next to a beautiful condo building. And, uh, you know, I think people are a little afraid of the environmental. It was a coal yard. They sold gas. Um, you know, we bought it for what we thought was a, a really decent, fair price. The environmental was fairly clean, minus, you know, a tank to dig up. And, uh, 
you know, now instead of a vacant coal yard, you know, you'll have seven units. So, no, I think mm -hmm. it's a, I think it's a plus for us, and it's a real plus for the neighborhood. And when did you all start that project? And when do you anticipate it to finish? We were just permitted last month, so it probably took us two or three months for design, six plus months for a permit, um, and I think construction in the seven to eight month range. So we just started our underground work right now. So sometime in 2016, it sounds like? Yep. That's great. So y'all are the, the newest business on Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, and uh, you, are, you are located at, what, what is the actual physical address of your, your space? 1509 Rhode Island Avenue. It's right at the intersection of Rhode Island, Franklin, and 15th. And you're right across from the studios here, and you did a, an incredible build-out uh, on the space that you, you got. And Thank you brand new fancy sign and, and uh, landscaping really made that space look fantastic. Um, what what brought you to Rhode Island Avenue Main Street? The Main Street director asks yeah. innocently. <laughs> so, um, you know, two things. So we were, we were working out of my brother's second bedroom for a while. That got crowded. We moved to my basement. Um, that got crowded. I got two kids. It's hard to work when they decide to, you know, <laughs> run in and look for attention. So we had outgrown work at home type situation um, and we wanted to be city central so we wanted like 1200 square feet and storage and parking and that's available pretty much anywhere but we work in all quadrants of the city so we wanted to, to be able to reach all those quadrants and I don't think you can beat that for this area and also if you're on the flip side if you want your customers to be able to reach you I mean I think this is a good spot I mean Rhode Island Avenue you're in you know DuPont in 15 minutes you know Franklin you're in Columbia Heights, Petworth in 15 minutes. You know, going the other way, you cross New York Avenue, you're in Capitol Hill in 15 minutes. I mean, It is really, very centrally located. Yeah, we can area. hit everywhere we work from this spot in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. There's also a lot of growth potential with the way the office is zoned and seeing how much is coming up on Rhode Island Avenue now. If we wanted to in the future one day, we could add more floors to the office. We could add condos above the office. So it, because of the location, we have that ability. Interesting, very interesting. I Relook at the building now. <laughs> yes. Um, hold on, we're going to have to edit at this point. Um, any other questions? Yeah. Kyle, that you can think of. I, I do want to. One of my questions is: um, Do you have any other projects coming up other than the coal? We do. We actually just came from a meeting with the designers, the realtors, and the architect and the general contractor at our latest project, which is a really, really fun one. It's over um, back into Blagden Alley, 10th and M. Oh, there's a lot of talk about that alley. There is, yeah. and there's a lot going on over there. It's a very creative area. And this project was a joint venture between the owners of Goodwood, D.C., the Cahoe mm -hmm. family, and S2 Development. And this project is three units. Each are unbelievably creative and different and unlike anything you've seen on the market before. Um, Anna and Dan, the designers, really took a lot of pride in creating something that will have a legacy and be a very unique piece of architecture. So we're really excited about this project, and it's going to be finished this summer, actually. Very exciting. Very exciting. So development is obviously booming in, in D.C. still. Um, what what do you see as, um, as some of the, the trends to look forward to? I know there was just a report uh, recently um, – Gosh, I'm drawing a complete, complete blank on who who did the report, but uh, the gist of it was that Ward 5 was 
the place about the only place to grow hmm. in DC. But from a from a residential development standpoint, uh, it's it seems like there's a lot of trend towards building apartment complexes as opposed to condominiums. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about that? Do you think that trend is going to continue? What what's what's the outlook? I think it swung too far to apartments. So after the recession, I think people were a little bit real estate scared. A lot of the condo projects converted to apartments. And especially for the big projects, you know, you have like a three-year time period start to finish. So when you swing and, the, and you recover, it takes a while to come back. So I think apartments were overbuilt. You know, I think the apartment builders would disagree, but maybe they swung too far. And then I see a trend towards family staying in the city, uh, needing bigger units. You know, we do a lot of two and three bedroom units. I think that's popular. And uh, the city's creeping towards unaffordable, I think, you know, and, you know, these neighborhoods stretch. And I think Ward 5 is a spot where you can get two or three units for uh, an affordable price or, you know, and maybe more affordable. More affordable, affordable, yeah. (laughs) And maybe keep a family here, you know, not have to move out to the suburbs. So maybe S2 will be finding something near Rhode Island Avenue to redevelop. We'd like to. Easy commute. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. all right. Well, are you 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 brand new open? What you opened? Uh, what a month ago? Um, when, we, when was your opening date? We were actually we've actually been in there for about six months. It took us so long to get a public space permit to do the front that even though we were in there, it looked vacant. I mean, even like UPS was like not delivering packages because <laughs> they thought we were vacant. So <laughs> we finally got our permit to do the front. So the front's been done for about a month, and, and it looks fantastic. Uh, any any uh, any particular areas on Rhode Island Avenue that you have interests in as far as developing? Uh, no, and you I mean, don't have to answer that really if you don't want to. No, but oh, no inquiring minds want to know. It's fine. We actually own an apartment building on at sixty one Rhode Island. Uh, it's the only everything else we've done is condos. That's our only apartments. And um, you know, someone mentioned the, the what 15, is the intersection 15, of that? I'm sorry. It's the unit block, so it's just over North Capitol from oh, Rhode Island. Okay. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, you know, the deeper into the city you get, the less land there is, the less undeveloped stuff there is. So, you know, you drive around here and you see, you know, beautiful building, something un- unused. You know, so I think there's there's gaps there that need to be filled in. There are, and, and you know, from a from an economic development standpoint, folks on Rhode Island Avenue, that well, the the neighbors in the in the surrounding communities are they're really looking for um, sit down restaurants, um, nice nice retailers to that are you know providing re- neighborhood services, um, things that for the current density levels of Rhode Island Avenue, the, the vicinity it's it's hard to support those types of businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a flat out business standpoint, um, and so I'm I'm excited about the prospect of of more density being added directly on Rhode Island Avenue where it's not impacting the, the single-family homes that are in, their, are in the neighborhood surrounding the area, but adding density to the, to the, to the community. Yeah. yeah, so that we can support those nice restaurants. Um, and you know, I, I, I would fully support some, some, more, uh, some more density coming in. Yes, I'm going on record for that. Um, 
So love to hear more about your projects, uh, particularly as they come out this direction and on Rhode Island Avenue. So welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Main Street. Thank you. Thanks for yes. joining us. Um, and uh, if folks want to see your portfolio, if they want to learn more about what you do, where what's what's the web address they can visit? So our website is www.s, that's S as in Simon, number two, and a dash, development.com. And we also have a website for our newest project, which is 1225-10th.com. And those are all just the numbers, 1225-10th.com. Excellent, excellent. You. Uh, you've got some beautiful pictures on, on these your portfolio you. and don't forget to follow us on facebook as to ah, development yes. on facebook too <laughs> good, good plug good yes. plug uh well thank you jenna thank you yes. very much Mr. Thank you Simon. For us. yeah thank you for having us we're very happy to be a part of the rhode island avenue main street group well, of businesses we will uh, we'll see you up and down the avenue we'll have you back to talk about your next development on rhode island avenue yes. sounds great right. thank you thank so you. much thank you we are here with the new director of the Department of Small and Local Business Development, uh, Director Anna Harvey. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, director Harvey, you uh, you have joined DSLBD uh, in the fall, late fall? No, or January 2nd. January 2nd. January 2nd. Time flies. It, it feels like a, flies. about a year and a half already. <laughs> Uh, and you bring to DSLBD quite uh, an array of experience. Uh, in 2009, appointed by President Barack Obama to the Small Business Administration. Correct, yes. And uh, you were there for, it looks like, four years? Yep, a little over four years. And prior to that, uh, you have been with the uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce? Actually, the Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Okay, so we can just edit that out. <laughs> Um, Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yes. Um, so now DSLBD, the Department of Small Local Business Development, yes. which in full disclosure oversees the D.C. Main Streets program, of which we are a member. Uh, so just wanted to catch up with you today and find out what's going on with DSLBD as far as opportunities for small businesses in D.C., uh, some of the ongoing pro uh, programs mm -hmm. and some of the, the new programs that are coming up. Um, so uh, the D.C. Main Streets program is, is under uh, DSLBD, um, as are the clean team programs, mm -hmm. the, the folks that you see out on Rhode Island Avenue sweeping and uh, picking up trash and greeting visitors. Um, we could not be more pleased to have a clean team on Rhode Island Avenue. They've made a huge difference. Yes, I agree. And I have to, t I have to tell you that when I um, uh, joined DSLPD, I wasn't quite aware that the teams were going to be under this department and this agency, so I couldn't be happier. I was just so thrilled to have them there. We have gotten so many compliments uh, from from residents, from business owners, uh, talking about what a what an amazing difference it makes to have them. And also for the gentlemen that are part of the teams, I have Absolutely. actually talked to them, and the pride, uh, the the delight to have not only you know have a job, but also be part of the community and have uh, neighbors thank them for what they're doing. And you have seen pictures when this very, very harsh winter in the snowstorms that we had mm -hmm. and how they were shoveling away. Yes. And I don't think uh, 
the, sh- uh, the the sideways were so uh, the si- the sidewalks were as clean as those that were really helped you know by those teams right yeah. right yeah in i i was just amazed at you know especially on some of those really brutally cold days yep. out there all day long chipping away at the ice and the snow um, and and really making a difference uh, for access yep. to those businesses on Rhode Island Avenue. Correct. Otherwise, it would have been a struggle. Yeah, so we're very, very thankful to them. So let's talk about some of the other programs that are available for small businesses. Um, CBEs, or uh, Certified Business Business Enterprises. enterprises. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Yes, yes. Uh, So if might just take a second before we answer that question. I just want to just uh, let you and in, in our audience know how I got here and uh, why I'm so proud of being here. Is that before I was appointed to the SBA and before I was uh, the president of the chamber, um, I was a small business owner. I have never worked for anybody else but myself. And uh, it was just, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think you can tell by my accent that I'm not from the district. <laughs> but I am from the Federal District of Mexico City. That's what we call it. It's also a federal district. Uh, so I just came to this country and uh, got married, had a, had a son. And uh, I just, I'm a good Mexican mother. I don't leave my children <laughs> to anybody else. I'm the only one who can raise those two. So I just wanted to make sure that I, I was working from home. And um, so I started my business out of my desire to be home with my boy. I had a girl also. So I really just started my own business on on my own. And I really, uh, I wish I had known about the Department of Small and Local Business Development, the Small Business Administration, and all those really wonderful entities that support small businesses. So I did have my difficulties with access to capital. I had my difficulties with my business plan. I was successful in spite of not being an expert business owner. So I just wanted to say that so our audience and our small businesses in the district know that I have had, I have felt the anxiety of not having the funds for making payroll. I have pulled out of my own savings, pulled out of my own credit cards, uh, trying to get some help. I even know where to go to. Um, Federal contracting, local contracting, all that is already running through my blood. So when somebody calls or tells me, Anna, you know, we need help here and there, I know exactly what it feels in your gut Mm. to be able Mm. to, like, am I going to be able to make payroll? Am I going to be able, oh, my gosh, I got this wonderful contract. How am I going to finance that contract? (laughs) It's just half ecstasy and half agony <laughs> when you are <laughs> successful but anyway so i just want them to know that i have i'm a small business i can just define myself not as the director of or not as the administrator of when i was at federal but i'm a small business owner that is the biggest cheerleader so yes. having said that bravo bravo thank you thank you having said that yes i think the department of small and local business development is mainly known for their CV, for our, our CBE program. And that really is a, a way to support local small businesses of the district, really uh, provides goods and services for the district government. Uh, we all know that the district government has, um, uh, well, there, there is a new law that really expects every agency 
in the district government to spend at least 50% of the expendable budget on certified business enterprises, which is quite a bit of money that could go to small businesses. However, to be a certified business enterprise, you need to have, a, you need to obtain a certification from our department. Uh, it is simple and it is not simple. You have to prove that you're local, you have to prove that you have, you, you meet all the requirements and that takes a while. Because um, we had quite a, a few companies coming from other jurisdictions that are, because they see the potential of doing business right. with the district and they think that I just by opening literally a closet somewhere that makes them local and that's not the case. They need to make sure that, you know, the ownership, there, there are different ways to qualify, but at least the ownership, you know, 51% uh, of the owners should be district residents or, you know, they're different. In, and I really encourage uh, everybody to go to our website to, to find out exactly, because otherwise we'll just spend all, the whole day on, on this. <laughs> but, Yes, so the, so the Department of Small and Local Business Development was mainly known for that program, which really encourages local and small businesses to do business with the District of Columbia. And the businesses that can benefit from being a certified business enterprise, uh, as, you, as you alluded to in, in what you were just saying, businesses that can take advantage mm -hmm. of and service contracts for Correct. the for the, district. for the district of Columbia, yes. Uh, and it is IT, it is uh, anything that you can think of that the that the government uh, provides. There is a there is a, a, a portion that should go to small businesses. So well it, everything that the government uh, uses mm -hmm. like uh, coffee vendors. Coffee well, you know what? I don't think we can pay for co coffee or, or water anymore in the government. We have to bring our own. <laughs> yeah, we have to bring our own. But pencils, chairs, uh, supplies, IT services, cleaning services. Um, I'm just trying to see the things that I see that are just unusual. Um, human care um, or um, uh, psychiatrists. Uh, oh, okay. You know, they have to have certain uh, qualifications and certifications and all that. But the district government, you know, just think of, of anything, any agency and specific in specific uh, products and services that, that the right. district needs. Right, mm -hmm. right. So that, that is a very expansive program. And, and as you said, it's one of the... One of the things that DSLBD is most known for. Yes. Some of the other programs that maybe uh, business owners don't know about. Right. right. Um, let's let's just kind of hit on those lightly. Uh, Export DC. Yes. Um, it's not a known fact that, and we're talking about. I'm going to talk right now about the nation. Only 1% of small businesses in this country export. And 90% of their clients is outside of the borders of the United States. The United States is a big country, but the world is a bigger place, right? right. And right now there are no barriers to selling in other places. I mean, with internet and all, you know, these type of things, you can sell anyway, anywhere. However, uh, Yes, we, um, DSLBD has a program in partnership with the Small Business Administration that really supports small businesses that want to export. And this is in response to President Obama's effort to double exports um, 
a couple of years years back when I was at the SBA. So what can you export? Well, you think that you can have export your, your products, you know. But no, not only that, you can export services. You can export patents, anything. You know, we also export, for example, um, our uh, foreign students that come to our universities. That's, that's also a type of export. We're exporting knowledge and education. So if you are a small business person, of course, we want our market to be defined, but you should never, ever uh, forget that you could expand globally. So DSLBD has a program, and this is for, for robust businesses that could actually support the expansion to another country. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not going from you know World One to World Two. This is going from here to probably Europe or something like that, or or or, or Mexico or or you know or, or Latin America. So we want robust. Uh, companies that have already some track record in terms of uh, sales, and we just help them uh, go and in, in reach markets outside of the country. That is not something that DSLBD has been known for, but it's something that we do have here in-house, and I really want our businesses to take advantage of that. Well, and, and it seems to me as, as DC really embraces the the maker economy, yes. uh, the creative yes, economy. So. This is this is something that that every business owner should know about. Absolutely, every Absolutely. business owner that produces something interesting. Yeah, again. this is for small businesses. As this well. is for small and local. It's Remember, small. yes, in 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 the district, there's a big dis- difference in the district in terms of um, is our programs are not gendered or ethnic based, but they're just they have to be local. We want to attract. We want to retain. Um, and uh, size, really, if you if you're local, really, size is is inconsequential. And what's the size? What's the maximum size of a small? It depends business? on the. It, it really we we base our size on SBA sizes, the size standards, and it really it varies depending on the industry. So, for example, um, I I'm kind of losing my. SBA statistics that were right that we used to roll <laughs> over. Now I have to change my statistics, but I really believe that for an IT company, a hundred employees is still considered small. Okay. It depends of of, of the, the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But we can we can guide you. But really, most of the companies here uh, are still considered small. All right. Uh, again, an opportunity for coffee export, I would imagine. Yes. Can you, can you, you tell? Like I, 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 I <laughs> like I'm all coffee. about the coffee this morning. I, I, I love coffee too. Uh, the next, the next program, Connect Tech. Yes, yes, Connect Tech. Another little wonderful jewel that I found. I didn't know that DSLPD had this, but this is also really. Um, before I talk about Connect Tech, I really want to talk about my conversation with Mayor Bowser when, when we yes, were, please. we were just talking about me taking over uh, uh, DSLPD. And she said, I really want to elevate the mission of this agency. I wanted to stop being the CBE shop that everybody complains about because we, we were a little slow in terms of certification and all that. We're, we're cranking as fast as we can. But the Department of Small and Local Business Development should do a lot more than that, a lot more than that. Um, so I really thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to start thinking about this. But there are things already at DSLBD that are happening that really respond to her request or to her desire to elevate this office to do this agency to do more than just certification and in, in, in government contracting. Connect Tech is one of those wonderful things that I found, oh, I don't have to do this because we already have it. 
So this is again a partnership with the federal government supporting small businesses. And what it is is that we really, this is for, for those very innovative companies that are probably coming up with a widget or a very innovative idea and they have trouble commercializing that idea. So what we do is uh, we have something called the Phase Zero program, which I thought it was a funny. You say, what are we calling it? Phase Zero, phase but it zero. is Phase Zero. It is because this we we come in even before there is the, the concept is on paper. It's really not Phase One. Is we come in before, so we have a, a somebody has a wonderful idea, and uh, our 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 guy at DSLBD is so brilliant and so techy and you know you want to hang out with him because you become cool just by talking <laughs> I see my hands we're like yeah he's cool um, so he sits down with you at phase zero and he says okay uh, we need to do this proposal for the federal government but writing a proposal is costly so we come in right off the bat with a thousand dollars to defer the cost of writing the proposal. Oh. Just put it that that's the first thing. So he guides through through your process, we write the proposal, a thousand dollars because it's very expensive, you spend a lot of time writing a proposal. If it goes well it just starts moving through the federal uh, government uh, sequence of of, of progress. Um, so if everything goes well and again, I'll encourage everybody to either come to the office or to look at the website. You, we have up to $2 million to get from concept to prototype. That, that is, and, and I, I have a, my favorite example, and it's not from the district, but it's, I think it's a brilliant thing, is uh, this, this entrepreneur that put a gyroscope inside a spoon. And that, that, coupling of those two simple things allows people with Parkinson's disease to feed themselves because this because as as their hands shake the gyroscope keeps the spoon steady, steady yeah. and they can actually feed themselves oh, wow. that is one of the um, and I don't know where that happened it didn't happen in the district but that's one of those things those simple ideas that you you said and it's probably I have no no evidence of this but it's probably a need that this person saw in his family or something, how can I help my mom or whoever feed themselves? And that's a simple idea. But if you think about how you bring that to reality, it's complicated. But this program allowed that person to actually do this. So we are looking right now for those ideas, for those innovation, innovative ideas and innovations that we could actually uh, help put into a prototype. So if the, fed, if the federal government likes the prototype, it has the first uh, first right to buy it. Mm. So you already have a client there. If the federal government does not want to buy it or is not interested, then you're free to go and shop it wherever in the private se in the private sector. So it's a really really good program. Again. So how how are the projects vetted? I mean, because while the the spoon and gyroscope was brilliant, is brilliant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the the spoon and suction cup. Isn't so brilliant. Uh, and Correct. Maybe it is, but, but, but who, yeah. who, makes, who makes those assessments? Uh, that goes to federal. That goes to the experts. Uh, in, you know, um, again, uh, I don't want to talk out of, out of line here, but we prevent and we see the potential for something, right? So we help them put it together. As it goes, you know, it may be, because this, this is a combination of different agencies from the federal government, so it may be a NASA expert that says, 
hmm, we could use this, or it could be a Department of Defense type of thing. Oh, we could use it. Or, or they could say, oh, I, don't, I don't see the use of this and just nix it. So it could be an individual, not a company? It could just be uh, an individual with an idea? I, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that you have to be a company. But I, can I get back to you with sure. that? Because sure. it is for D.C. I really don't think you have to be a company, but I am not sure. It's a really, really good question. I just assume that they love to go to DCRA and get right. search and get right. the licenses, but it may not be the case. Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't to, I imagine will... that people wouldn't love going to DCRA. No, it is. Well, DCRA is actually very, 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 very helpful, and you know we work closely with them. But I don't know, so I promise that I will look that up and give you the information so okay. you can disseminate that. But you can also call us, okay. and, we'll, and we'll ask Mr. Uh, Phil Reeves to answer that question. All right, we will. Uh, we'll maybe get him yes. on, on oh. the show later. Oh on yes, too. he's such a cool guy. Yeah, you will love this him. This is the cool guy. This is the cool guy. We should yes. definitely have him. Yes, then. yes. <laughs> Only the cool people. Right. Yes. Uh, so the um, the next program to talk about briefly is the DC Procurement Technical Assistance. Center. Correct. Correct. That is a very long name and an acronym that I can't the, pronounce the without. P-tech. PTAC. Okay. All right. Yes. P-tech. All right. So this is, again, a partnership between the District of Columbia, and this time is with the Department of Defense. Mm. Uh, and it is, is, is actually quite simple. It is a way to get uh, local companies ready to do business with the federal government. So for the PTAC, the PTAC, you know, doing business with the federal government is a very specific market um, and I did it when I was uh, um, when I had my own business but I also was assistant administrator at the SBA so it is I had I've, I've experienced government contracting federal contracting from all the sides so we want if you want to do business with the largest buyer in the world which is the federal government you better be ready for that because you don't want to fail, right? Um, you can start small with a $25,000 contract, but something might, you might get really lucky and get a couple of million, and then you're in trouble because mm. you have to be ready. So this is what the, the, the PTAC does. It sits down with you. And first of all, I've seen many, many, many small businesses that said, I want to do business with the federal government. And um, I said, okay, which agency? All of them. <laughs> You must have like a thousand people working for you because to do business with all of them, you need a lot of people or more. It's like any, is it, listen, no. Department of Health and Human Services is one entire universe. Department of Defense is completely different. Although if you're an IT provider, it would be the same. But do you know how many call calls you have to make? You know, <laughs> all this procurement. So they, it's an intricate market. So we want to make sure that they are ready to go and tap into the federal government. Of course, there, there are billions of dollars that are also supposed to go to small businesses. And finally, finally, they are going. In the last four years when I was there, we were meeting the goal. 29% of everything the federal government uh, does sell have to go to small businesses. And we're finally, or the federal government's finally making that goal. Uh, 
but it's not easy. So we want to make sure that if you're going to go for that, we want you to be successful and we want you to be prepared. We want you to make sure that if you win that contract, there is somebody behind you that is going to help you finance that contract and all that. And that's what the P PTAC does, really. Um, and they also help us with, with um, government contracting, but it's mainly federally fund for federal contracts. Interesting, very mm -hmm. interesting. And, and that could be anything from... Uh, I think you mentioned defense mm -hmm. defense projects to um, thumbtacks. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We do have uh, uh, ex exactly anything that you can think of the federal government buys. And you need to be prepared uh, for that. Uh, when they say 1,000 shares, they don't want 750, which is in your inventory. They want 1,000 shares by, by a certain time. You need to be able to provide that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's the entire universe of federal agencies that we're talking about now. Right, right. So uh, the the programs that we've we've just been discussing uh, seem like they run the gamut from uh, you know really uh, expanding your business into international markets mm -hmm. uh, to federal contracts mm -hmm. uh, to, to district contracts and. And then we come to the Neighborhood Revitalization yes. Program. Yes, My favorite. I think it is your favorite yes. for some reason. <laughs> uh, so the, the Neighborhood Revitalization Program, that that is the program that hosts the Main Streets mm -hmm. Program and the Clean the Team clean Program. Um, and it also is home to the Business Improvement Districts Program. To, we organize them. We help them get organized, yes, and in, 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 uh, created at the okay. very beginning, yes. So certification. Certification. Recertification. Um, so for the benefit of our listeners, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about the difference between um, the business improvement districts or BIDs and, and Main Street programs? Yes. Uh, in very simple terms, um, the, the Main Street program is, is the program that we've we, we fund, and it really is a, um, a collection of, of small businesses that come under a nonprofit organization. And really their, their, their main goal is to provide improvements to those retailers and uh, businesses that are within very uh, defined boundaries. And uh, technically speaking, uh, the recipient of, of the grant, in, in this case, the, you know, the, the Rhode Island Main Street, tell us how they're going to help those businesses. Because I don't think the agency is in the position to say, you do this, you do that. They need, you know, the people in the, in the neighborhoods need to know what, they know what's needed and they tell us what their plan is. Then we fund that for a year, the projects get implemented, they, they, this, um, uh, service, the businesses get supported and helped and everybody is, as you know, very happy, right? Very, yes, very happy. Yes. In terms of the, the, the business improve, improvement district, you know, I think the notion is very similar, but there is the, uh, the, the fact that they do impose a tax on those businesses. So the businesses, not, you know, they, they contribute to the funding of that organization. Uh, so it takes a little bit more involvement and commitment from those businesses because they're going to be taxed. And they're going to create this wonderful commercial corridor, but it's, it costs them a little bit more money. In this case, we are coming down uh, in terms of helping for the business improvement districts. All the businesses have to contribute 
and I, I think I'm not so sure if there's a specific amount or a specific, a specific percentage. Right, and it's assessment on their, their property it, values, right? It is, right? yes, exactly. So it's, it's not, uh, when you say tax, it's not um, like a, an income tax as, as much as it is a property value. A property, yes, exactly. I'm sorry, yes, exactly. Yeah. That uh, is. So it, it's, a, it's, it's, I think it's a lot more commitment from... It is, it yeah. is more commitment, and, and, it, and at the same time, it seems like it delivers uh, a really stable product yes. in, the, in the business yes. improvement district because that's that's uh, stable funding for expanded programs, uh, expanded streetscape improvement, yes. things like that. Yes. Um, and you know, I I would I would guess that you would agree with the statement that not all not all main streets are ready to be bids yes you know it, i know we're certainly not we're, yes it, i i this is this is an advice that i have for everybody small business people main streets manage growth manage growth you're ready when you're ready try you know it is definitely some main streets may be ready for that some may not be so um Think about it because it's the, the, yeah, it, it, and I'm just talking in general, you know, sure, for anything. Sure. Oh yes, I can do business with the whole federal government. I don't think so. Slow down, you know, bite size. It's, Same for main streets, you know. Right, it's, it's a different animal. It's mm -hmm. one of the eight guiding principles of the main street program that that you embrace incremental change. Absolutely. So yes. we're we're yeah. we're incrementing. We along. all we all grew up little by little. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we want everybody to do the same. Yes. Uh, any any new programs on the horizon for DSLBD? Well, there's a, a couple of things that we are doing, and it's just you know I've been at this this job for about 120 days, so it's it's I'm not counting. It just I just know that we just passed our <laughs> our hundred day uh, uh, initial push. So there are new programs coming coming out, and but the potential for new programs is even bigger than what is coming out. What I'm trying to say is that um, we need our, our goal, my goal, the goal of the agency and the, the goal of Mayor Bowser is to create an ecosystem for small businesses in which they could tap or access support and help at any kind of stage they are in. Uh, for example, we are seeing that, the, like you, you know, we were mentioning this before, the city is changing. They have, we have some, some, some businesses that, that have been part of the community for years and years and years, and suddenly the air is shaking around them in terms of, you know, population is changing, demographics are changing. Uh, they need to update, upgrade, or just adapt. Um, I'm very concerned about those businesses that have been here forever, and suddenly, literally, the earth just shook around them. Um, we want to make sure, and we're just beginning to to do this. Think about what kind of support those businesses need in terms of not only uh, technical assistance and coming and, and uh, us coming to tell them this is the new demographic, or, or perhaps you should um, uh, accept uh, you know the new credit card things on your phone or something like right, that. Technology right. things, but also in terms of access to capital, perhaps they need to make some improvements and. Uh, and they only needed a bridge loan to make it to make it through. Those things are still in the, in, in in their infancy right now. We're not fully there yet. And so that's one of the things I really want to do. That to make sure that 
any stage, any any need that retailers or innovators or whoever is out there could actually, there's got to be something for them. We're just beginning to do this. So, um, so DSLBD does have a, a microloan program uh, that is, in my opinion, underutilized. So um, right now, uh, CBEs, uh, the, our certified business enterprises, are the eligible recipients for that. So we introduced, uh, we, um, we proposed to the, gen to the uh, DC Council to expand the eligibility for that. And it's just a proposal, so we, you know, we'll see how that goes. But just tiny, right now we're just doing teen, as teeny little things that could be meaningful. But what I would actually ask our audience is to, you know, come close to us. We can talk to, and, and it would be great to have all these programs that we talked about. We have wonderful managers for them. It would be great for them to come and say, this is what we do more in depth than, than just me ta talking about all this. But uh, I need to know what the needs are in the community and say, Anna, you know, really in this area, you know, banks are not that present or, or I don't qualify because of whatever reason. Maybe we can help. So we, we are starting to innovate, but I need to hear what the real needs. You know, my idea is not, it's not their, it's well, not know, their need. You know, people here in D.C. are not shy about sharing. I know that, opinion, but so. that's the difference between, you know, doing, doing this at the federal level in which, you know, you can, you, you know, the, the president institutes this new policy or this new wonderful thing. So you go to Arkansas and you talk about it and then you leave, right? Like, well, good luck with that. Here, you cannot walk three blocks without right. telling oh, me that no. was even brilliant or the stupidest thing you've ever done. Yes. I really love that. We, we, we've all got opinions. <laughs> uh, and... and Happy to share them, and uh, I think uh, I think bringing in the individual program managers for these these exciting programs is a, a great idea. And since you're their boss, you can you oh, can tell them I to do this. Just, yeah, you could just make them come. Just hey guys, you, you're coming. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, we we are uh, very very interested in in uh, getting all of the details. And it looks like um, it looks like for each of these programs, there's lots of. Um, training events yes uh, that's system. oh my goodness i didn't realize that we have so many visitors yes yes a lot of you know we again if you go to dslvd.dc.gov <laughs> uh please take a look at all our trainings there is uh, uh oh my goodness every time there um they they keep surprising me these managers keep surprising me um how to become a CBE, of course. By the way, uh, in order to be uh, a certified business enterprise, you were required to come to our offices and spend two hours with us to learn what kind of paperwork you need to submit. Well, that's that, the first test right there, right? But exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have to like prove me that prove to me that you have uh, patience and tolerance for pain, because <laughs> that's what you're going to need, that's right? <laughs> um, that's no longer the case. Now we have created a webinar so they can, you know, the business uh, owner could just finish his day, put the kids to bed, and at 10 o'clock hit the webinar and know all the requirements. So that's a great improvement. So that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say something else um, about um, – so I lost my train of thought completely. That's all right. That's what the editing's for. Yes. Um, so – Oh, the trainer, the, the trainer. trainings. Yes. So please take a look at our website and see all the different trainings that they have. Uh, uh, 
how to do your marketing plan. It was something uh, yesterday or the day before I was asked to, I usually try to say hello to everybody that comes in, but I, I there are just too, too many. So, but I did get into uh, one seminar just in our, in our building and it is about how to, um, how to sell your, your business, your product, your idea according to personality traits. It was very funny, yeah. So I did take the personality trait. This is test. where the uh, psychology CBE counts, Could, right? Yeah, but actually, I think that's one of because the CBE was offering that training, and mm. yep, yeah. All so right. that's but it was, yeah. Please take a look because there's a lot, a lot that we offer. We will do that. Um, so, small businesses, the the climate for small businesses mm -hmm. is challenged, as as we all know, by online retailers. Mm -hmm. um, what what do you see as uh, some challenges that are specific to DC small business owners? And I'm talking about in the in the neighborhood revitalization mm -hmm. area, the the mom and pops that mm -hmm. are opening a bakery, for yeah. instance. Yeah. What what do you think are the strongest points uh, going for those businesses, um, and and what are their biggest challenges? Right. right. I think the strongest points is that one of the strongest points is that um, depending on who the person is, I don't shop online that much. I just don't. I like to go and feel and taste and try it on and look in the you mirror. You like to experience. I have to experience it. I have never, ever bought anything that I have ever worn online. I, I just can't. I just, wow. I just can't do it. I've never done it. Never done it. I know that for Christmas shopping, it would be easy just to click away, but I, I don't. So, But I do understand that a lot of people do so i really feel that what we have going right now as as brick and mortars is that that personal attention i do buy back clothes from one particular lady that knows me now and she says don't even look there you wouldn't like anything she knows me so well that she she really channels me to what she thinks i'm gonna like and i buy a lot more than i should ah. every time is that customer service that that human warmth of receiving somebody into your shop and making it difference and i know this is a soft type of thing it's not like hard you know business no, advice but, but but relationships matter. of course they do they really 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 do uh, this lady has got me for seven years <laughs> That's that's a relationship. Yes. And uh, and I said, oh, look at that. And she said, I know you're never going to wear that. Look at this. It's like I'm trying to see if she just, she's just wonderful. So that's one thing. Um, the person-to-person -person interaction, the customer service is, is very, very important, and that's what we, we provide here. And like you said, you know, the weakest, the, the biggest uh, weaknesses or the biggest threats is, is, is the um, ease of, Buying online and not mm -hmm. having to drive, uh, um, you know, where do I park type of thing. So, but, so but the experience and the relationship has to be uh, so solid that yes. it is it is yeah. more compelling to experience yeah. that than it is to experience yeah. the ease of yes. the of the one click shopping. But for example, one of your um, uh, good foods, one of your your uh, small businesses in your good food area, market. good food market. Um, Yes, he is, is selling, you know, um, fruits and vegetables and good, and good foods. But 
in his heart, when I was talking to him last time, he wants to be part of this community. He wants to be, you know, he, he could be, he could have been somewhere else where people are used to these type of things, but he chose to be here for a reason. I think the community should take advantage of those people that really choose to put their money and their effort and their energy into being in the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, I shop there a lot. Uh -huh. uh, I spent a lot of, of my paycheck there. Um, and their customer service is astoundingly yeah. good. I, there's not a day that goes in where I'm not greeted uh, most of the time by my name, and uh, yeah. they help me pick out what I'm going to have for lunch that day. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got a smile on their face, yeah. and it it makes me want, want to come to back go in there, of course, I, for everything. Yes. And I and I do. And you do. And I do. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was at the National Main Streets Conference yes. um, a few weeks ago, and uh, one of the speakers was talking about uh, attracting millennials to your community. Mm -hmm. um, I think his his uh, his topic was supposed to be as far as a workforce, uh, but one of the things that he said really, really stuck with me uh, with regards to attracting new customers. Um, he, he said that that the millennials and uh, sorry to beat that term into the ground. Everybody's using it these days, but uh, that they're global and hyperlocal. Interesting. Okay. That that they want global access to information. They want they want to be able to. And how I interpreted this is, they want to be able to find your business online, just for information. Yeah. And if you're a local business. They want to support you because yeah. they're hyper-local. They yeah. want to support the homegrown. They want to support the locally manufactured, the, the craft beer, the artisanal uh, breads, cheese, breads, cheese. yes, mm -hmm. um, and, and the fresh-baked doggy biscuits. Um, but they also want to know where – they want to be able to find where you're located yeah. on their phone. And if, you, if they can't find you – They won't come. On, the glo on yeah. that global platform, mm -hmm. you don't exist. Yeah. And so that is that is actually true even for me. I want to make sure that I know where to sure. go. Is there parking? If no, I, there are calculations in my mind sure. about going to a new store that I'm not going to, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be there, it's going to be open, and I'm going to be able to park. Yes, <laughs> yes. I am I am the age to be a, a grandparent to a millennial, and that's how I operate, mm -hmm. you know. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't own a set of yellow pages in my home. I don't have a landline. I Every, don't think... I don't think we do anymore, yeah. anybody. So uh, that's one of the things that we're certainly working with our businesses on is, you know, let's, let's yes. get, get let's, you online. Yes. Yeah, even if it's yeah. a static page with your, your operating Correct. hours and your address. Yes. Um, we've we've got to have something or else this wonderful product that you provide to this community yeah. um, it's gonna will stay just in become that shell. invisible. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is one of the things. And that's also... Uh, I, like I, when I was saying that those those businesses that have been here for a long, long time, um, that's the, that adaptation that they need to put into practice to survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, we can talk all day. We can, and I would, because <laughs> uh, we love this stuff. Uh, Director Harvey, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, and I just want to tell everybody: please do come. 
close to the Department of Small and Local Business Development. Uh, like I'm one of you. I'm, you know, I know what it feels like. And if I, all my, all my difficulties when I was building my business uh, meant anything, it's just that uh, I want to make life easier for small businesses. So thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll, I'll have a set of managers coming so you can have a lot to Excellent. talk about. Excellent. I All will right. be following up with it. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So for more information, uh, you can visit dslbd.dc.gov. Uh, you can click on the links for any of these programs. Um, uh, embrace your your hidden entrepreneur if you haven't already done it, and, and uh, open small businesses in D.C. because uh, DSLBD's got your back on yes, this. Yes, totally. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Director Thank Army. you. Thank you for joining us today. Please be sure to tune in to us next week, where we'll be joined by Philip Sandbold of Good Food Markets. And Daryl Maxwell from dcbar.org. Uh, also be sure and uh, check us out on Facebook and Twitter, RIA Radio. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>